What's up, Mets fans? This is Fun Times in Flushing, a positive podcast about the New York Mets. My name is Michael Smith, and that theme song comes from Kyle Cullen. You can reach for your podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. And I think I can safely speak for all of us when I say Game 2 was much more fun (laughs) than Game 1. Let's start breaking this thing down. With the offense, uh, they were just much better versions of themselves tonight. Uh, that was just clear from the jump. You know, I mentioned last night the the difference between the two starts that Blake Snell had against the Mets this year was in the first start they made him work and they scored on him early, and then in the second start he got through them one two three in the first inning. And that set him up for five shutout innings as opposed to a loss in the first game. The first inning was key in this game. They made Blake Snell throw 29 pitches in that first inning. They did nothing but made hard contact to, along with a couple of walks. They only came away with the, with the one run, uh, the Francisco Lindor home run. But, you know, that was... Just the beginning of of where this offense was heading on this night. And it's funny because I I think a lot of fans would agree that, and not not just Mets fans, all fans, that one of the worst parts of postseason baseball is losing your TV broadcasters. And, um, you know, this ESPN booth tonight, um, it it felt like they were pretty heavy on the the criticism of the Mets. And I, I think... For me, um, you know, just they were heavily criticizing them them not scoring um, more in the first inning. Um, They got two runners on in the second, and they came up empty. And uh, I don't think that criticism is unfair necessarily. I think it's easy to feel the way they felt, that the Mets had squandered opportunities. But I think what, you know, something that, Gary, Keith, and Ron might have mentioned, and and something that I was kind of feeling as the game went on was the way they were early was how they were all season long, particularly before Starling Marte got hurt. This was to this who they were in game two tonight was who they were at their very best, was how they got to 101 wins. That's who this team needs to be. Game one was who they were in you know, little pockets of the season, you know, the, the, the rare times when they struggled, particularly we saw this without Marte in September, particularly down the stretch. And, you know, as a fan, you know, particularly in, you know, a game like this where your back is against the wall. Yeah. I was frustrated with only one run, but it felt like they were taking good at bats and it felt like, it was only a matter of time before they found a way to score some runs. So they went up one nothing. They went up 2-1. The Padres came back to tie it twice. Pete Alonso hits his first career postseason home run, and that was a fun moment, and hopefully that is the first of many that we're going to see at City Field from the Polar Bear. And then, uh, you know, the game kind of changed in the seventh inning. 
Adrian Morahone came in to pitch for the Padres. And, you know, the bot score will tell you that he struggled with the strike zone, and he did with his secondary pitches. The slider was not working. The curveball was not working. But you have to give the Mets credit as well. He had some competitive at-bats with Pete Alonso and Mark Hanna, but they knew that he had to throw the fastball. They battled. They, they worked him, and they made him throw a ton of pitches, and they were able to get on base and, and work walks and load the bases for Jeff McNeil. Then McNeil gets up 2-0 in the count. Again, he knows the fastball is coming. He said after the game he knew the fastball was coming, and he didn't miss it. Two-run double, electrified City Field, electrified the Mets dugout. Um, I don't think it electrified anybody more than it electrified Jeff McNeil. And uh, if you watch the replay, he was pointing at the dugout as he's running to first base, the ball is in play. There is like, it was a, it was fairly an easy double, but you know, he had to, he had to get going out of the box. And as he's running down the line, he's pointing to the dugout and he's screaming and he's just, he's being Jeff McNeil. And after the, after the game, he was asked in the clubhouse and he said, those are my boys. And I just love that answer. I just, this team has a real special energy to them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we're at least getting one more game out of it. After McNeil, Padres went back out to their bullpen. Eduardo Escobar singled in another run. Daniel Vogelback drove in another run with a pinch hit sack fly. And the Mets had that offensive breakthrough that they had been working all game for. You know, they, they wear pitching staffs down. And they have good at-bats. And when you get into these bullpens, you're going to find somebody who doesn't have it. And in game two, it was Morahone. And, you know, who knows who it could be in game three. But when you use multiple pitchers, it's just odds. Somebody's not going to have it. And that was, you know, the offense in this game. And it was good. And it was what... It, it, they kept up the approach that they've had all year, and you can't ask for much more than that. On the mound, on the pitching side of things, Jacob DeGrom was in many ways vintage Jacob DeGrom, even beyond Cy Young Jacob DeGrom. This felt more vintage than, than Cy Young Jacob DeGrom. He started dominant, first inning, second inning, was mowing right through the lineup, he finished dominant in the sixth inning, but he had to work for it in those three innings in between. The tone of this game completely shifted when Trent Grisham homered for the second straight day. And I tweeted this out. Players to homer off of Matt Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom on bat-to-bat days just in the past eight days. Three guys, Danzy Swanson, Matt Olson, Trent Grisham. And those Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson homers were killer last weekend in Atlanta. And this Trent Grisham home run had the opportunity to do the exact same thing to this team. And Grisham has been a thorn in the Mets side in these two games. He's made some nice defensive plays as well. But after that home run, the Grom started pitching differently. 
He relied more on his secondary stuff. He was throwing a lot of sliders, not leaning too much on the fastball. And at times it felt like he was really teetering on disaster, but he did what he was unable to do in Oakland. He did what he was definitely unable to do in Atlanta. And he found ways out of it and he battled through. And in a lot of ways, and I'm definitely not the first person to mention this, this game became eerily reminiscent of game five in LA in 2015. And it just, it wasn't his best stuff. His wasn't his best stuff, but he found a way. And that's what you need from your ace. And it's what frustrated me so much about Matt Scherzer last night. He just didn't find a way. He didn't find a way through. And Jacob DeGrom did that tonight. Edwin Diaz comes in in the seventh inning. And he was Edwin Diaz. And I I want to touch more on that uh, later. But I want to move past that for just a quick second. Adam Adovino, um, he came in in the eighth. With two outs, he looked. He got he, he got the out in the eighth. He got the first out in the ninth. Five run lead. This should be easy. And then all of a sudden, he loses a slider and he hits Trent Grisham in the leg. Runner on. Five run lead. Who cares? Then he walked Austin Nola. He was able to retire Jurts and Profar for the second out of the inning. Then he walked Juan Soto, and all of a sudden. The tying run is on deck. Manny Machado's coming to the plate. Josh Bell's on deck as the tying run. Manny Machado, you hang him a slider, he can put it in the third deck, and it doesn't mean anything. But Manny Machado has to earn his way on base, has to earn Josh Bell coming to the plate as the tying run. That has to be Adam Adovino's mindset in this at bat and Adam Adovino walked Manny but walked Manny Machado forced in a run and brought Bell to the plate as the tying run it cannot happen it cannot happen now Seth Lugo comes in faces Josh Bell and gets him out and ends the game and the Mets go home 7-3 winners and it doesn't look as close and as um daring as it felt in the moments, the final moments of this game. But it all begs the question, will Buck have the confidence to turn to Adovino tomorrow if a situation comes up to bring him in? Adovino has very, very much earned it if Buck Showalter just cannot bring himself to bring Adovino into the game. And that's not the only question for Buck, though. There are, of course, in this do-or-die game going to be a lot of moves there's going to be a ton of second guessing. There's just going to be a whole lot of talking points coming out of this game, win or lose, for the Mets. In game two, Buck went to Diaz in the seventh inning. The Grom's out of the game. He turned to his next best option. I do think a big part of that was Trent Grisham leading off the seventh. And unfortunately, he has just been way too tough and out. I think it was smart to go to Grisham. And frankly, in a one-run game at the time, this is before the Mets' big rally, in a one-run game, if anybody gets on, Juan Soto comes up with a runner on. And I think it was just insurance. You need your best pitcher in, in that spot. The seventh might be a little early. might have been a little shocking to some people. It was definitely shocking to me. 
I did not like it in the moment, but watching it all play out, it, I, I think it played out in a way that made Buck look really smart. So Diaz has a smooth seventh. Then he has a 40-minute layoff as the Mets are rallying in the bottom half of the seventh. And then he gets two outs against Machado, against Josh Bell, and he hands the ball off to Otto. And I think he only threw he only threw 29 pitches. So I I really think that despite the fact that he got five outs, despite the fact that he had the long layoff, despite the fact that it was over an innings work, I, 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 just to me watching the game, it didn't feel like he was disqualifying himself for Sunday. And after the game, he revealed that when Buck came out to get him in that eighth inning, he asked him to stay in, and Buck told him they needed him tomorrow. He was asked again, Edwin, could he face more than three batters on game th- in game three if that was needed? And he said if it was needed, he could do it. Uh, he sounded awfully confident when he said it, um, and I think that has to excite you as a Met fan that uh, this guy wants the ball. But I think, again, it, 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 it begs the question, how are they going to use Diaz tomorrow? How are they going to use Chris Bassett starting the game? Who's the first man out of the pen? Are we looking at a situation where it's Taiwan Walker, who I think is the favorite to get the game one start? Should the Mets have the opportunity to go face the Los Angeles Dodgers? Would it be Tyler McGill? Would it be David Peterson? I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Butcho Walter handles game three. For me, I think the leash on Bassett has to be short, even shorter than we saw in Atlanta last week. And I would turn to Taiwan Walker. McGill has struggled to figure things out in the bullpen so far. You know, I think there are going to be opportunities should the Mets advance. I think there are going to be opportunities to get Adovino back into a game and to resettle himself into getting outs. And, but I just don't think you can go to him tomorrow. I think there will be an opportunity to get McGill in a game in a longer series. I think it's tough to turn to him tomorrow with what we've seen from him so far out of the bullpen. David Peterson is David Peterson, and, and that's fine. But for me, Walker is the next starter I would use. He he would be starting game one in Los Angeles if it was up to me with Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett all unavailable. So with that in mind, if the Mets need bulk outs early in game three against San Diego, they should turn to Taiwan Walker. And then with Diaz, personally, I would save him for the ninth inning. Unless there's just an obvious situation. If Soto, Machado, and, and Bell are due up in a one-run game in the eighth, then yes, use him. And, you know, maybe you get an out or two from him in the ninth. But I would be looking, you know, I would have Seth Lugo ready. But Adovino is a guy who's closed before, and he showed how tough those last three outs are to get. That's true. You know, a lot in the regular season, those last three outs are are different. A lot of relievers say that those last three outs are different. In the regular season, they say this. This is the postseason. This is the playoffs. These outs have that much more weight because these games mean that much more. And with all that in mind, I like my chances best with Edwin Diaz 
getting those three outs. And hopefully, we will see him get those three outs. And hopefully, the Mets will have a lead and Chris Bassett will pitch well. And none of these problems will be actual problems. And and the Mets will coast and you know get on a plane to Los Angeles. And if that is the case, then we will have a lot more to talk about. But for tonight, I do not have much more to talk about. In fact, I'm all out. So I will talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll all be in good moods. Game three will be a winner. And, uh, you know, let's let's breathe a little. We have <laughs> we have a long afternoon. Watch some football. Enjoy your Sunday. The game doesn't start till seven o'clock at night. Just try to just try to have a good day. Spend some time with your family. This is tomorrow is 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 you know I said it on Twitter on on Saturday night before game two. Said uh, you know I'm looking forward to watching this game. Uh, I'm not going to enjoy it at all. Uh, the best feeling, the best emotion I can ask for is relief, and that is still going to be true on Sunday, with our backs still very firmly pressed against the wall. So with that in mind, um, I think enjoying the NFL slate on Sunday is going to be extremely important. And I hope that all of you can do that as well. (laughs) Um, So enjoy your Sunday. I will talk to you late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Enjoy game three. Let's go Mets.